Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome into the conversation today. We're going to be talking about, or I'm going to be talking about, hypnosis and trance, the power of trance to impress upon your other-than-conscious mind changes, transformations that you want to take place. I'm going to dispel a couple popular myths that people have about hypnosis, and along the way, I will describe exactly what trance is and how it works. Well, (laughs) to a point. Now, if you happen to be driving as you listen to this episode, understand that you can substitute any reference to trance to your hypervigilant safety driving trance, meaning that you'll be able to hear the words, but you'll be completely aware of the traffic and your interactions with all the other drivers, probably even more so than normal. But also understand that at any given moment, you can simply turn this off. But uh, something I also want you to understand is the only reason I'm bringing this up is that any time we talk about trance or altered states, our mind actually has to go inside and make sense of what we're talking about, and it naturally induces a light level of trance, even if you don't know whether or not you've been in trance before or not. Well, since we're already there, why don't we begin talking about some normal everyday trance states? Now, any skill that you've relegated to your other-than-conscious mind, meaning that you don't consciously think about every little step along the way, is typically performed in trance. Take driving, for instance. You get in the car, jam the key in, throw it in gear, and off you go. You don't think about it the way you did when you first began learning how to drive. Remember how you used to sit in, adjust the seat just right, look up just the mirror, and get the feel of the steering wheel, and then even just to put the key in the slot, in the ignition, you had to actually look for it. Now it's all by feel. And more often than not, it might even just be a button. And once you take off, you might be looking in the mirror, adjusting the radio, doing different things, while also driving, paying attention, being aware as you drive. And you may be lost in thought about other things going on in your life, perhaps something in your relationships or something at work. And before you know it, you arrive at your destination. And as you really think about it, you can hardly consciously remember uh, the drive. You remember getting in the car and you remember arriving, but you don't remember a whole lot in between. But as you are driving and as you drive... Your other-than-conscious mind can scan everything, is aware of all the changes in speed, the actions of other drivers, and anticipate when you have to slow down, when you can speed up, when you have to maneuver. Your other-than-conscious mind is more than adept at taking care of you as you drive and in a number of other activities throughout your day. You see, we also have an eating trance. We have our brushing our teeth trance, tying our shoe trance, getting dressed trance, an in-the-shower trance. You see, you tend to wash your body in the exact way, starting at a particular body part and working your way around your body each and every time, the same way every time, unless you consciously interrupt the pattern. 
and begin washing a different body part using your right hand or your left hand, whichever the non-dominant hand is, or whichever hand you don't start with to begin with, just start with the other hand. You can do the same thing by bringing your conscious mind into the practice of tying your shoe. You see, at any given moment, you can sit down, tie your shoe, lickety-split, and it's done before you even have time to think about it. So if you want to bring your conscious mind into it just to have that experience and take over from your conscious mind, just to show how adept your conscious mind is, instead, like if you're right-handed and I'm right-handed and I begin my, my loop with my right hand, if you want to bring the conscious mind into it, reverse the order. Start on the left side and tie your bow in reverse. Now, you're really going to have to think about it as you move through it, and that is the grace of your conscious mind. And that's why we want a lot of our activity to be assigned, delegated, relegated to our other-than-conscious mind. Now, if you don't know or haven't listened to me for a long time, I use the term other-than-conscious mind. And what that means is that we are conscious of some things, we have a subconscious, and there are aspects that we are unconscious to or not present to. And so in this description, the subconscious mind is not lower than or less capable than our conscious mind. So we have our conscious awareness and then our subconscious, unconscious, and superconscious I like to refer to it as also tapping into non-local information or psychic information, universal consciousness, the superconscious. And so if we begin trying to split hairs on what level of consciousness we're operating on, aside from conscious, consciously being present, it starts to become rather cumbersome. So I've adopted a term that was taught to me by one of my teachers, Dr. David Dobson, he coined the phrase, the other-than-conscious mind, which basically means a catch-all term for anything that is not conscious. Now, most people like to assume or like to say that they are consciously in charge of their life. They, make, they, they feel as if, I feel as if, most of us feel as if we make conscious decisions each and every day. And to some degree, we do. But for the most part, it's not as much as we think. You understand, in just simple processing terms, the conscious mind can only process about seven bits of information, plus or minus two, at any given moment. Which means that if our conscious channel is overwhelmed by an inflow of too much information, we tend to space out. We tend to go into trance. Our other-than-conscious mind takes over, so you can take in the information. Let me give you a real-life example of this. Now, in the United States, most telephone numbers consist of 10 digits. If we were to look at all 10 digits all by themselves, it's a little overwhelming. So we can break it down by area code, three digits, exchange another three digits, and then the connecting number, the last four digits. This is seven bits of information, plus or minus two. And for me to state that in a different way, just so you have another angle, that seven bits of information, plus or minus two, it's five to nine pieces of information. 
Contrast that with the subconscious mind, which can process about 400 million bits of information a second. And allow me to give you an example of that. Do you recognize the word air de news? Air de news. Now, if you're like most people, you did not recognize it and you knew it immediately. Oh, I don't know that word. And the reason you don't know that word is because I made it up. Air de news. And so in a nanosecond, you did a survey, an internal other than conscious survey. They call that a transderivational search. But you searched all your data banks, every word you've ever heard, every word you've ever used, any sounded like words, what it could be, and you came up with nada, nothing. And so in just those two little examples between the conscious processing power and the subconscious mind, there's no comparison that the clear winner in processing power and ability to perform is to your subconscious mind. Now something, this is a myth, this is a myth that a lot of people hold about the subconscious mind, and it was described to me this way when I first began studying the unconscious processing in hypnosis when I was 13 years old. Now that was almost 50 years ago. But even then, and sometimes today, people talk about the subconscious mind being the dark recesses of the mind. People think about it as the dark, dank dungeon, the cave. You don't know what lurks in there. And for some, there's a certain amount of fear in investigating what's in the subconscious. Well, I can tell you today that you have no better friend at your disposal than your other-than-conscious mind. Its sole purpose is to keep you alive. And the secondary purpose is for you to have the best life possible, to have enjoyment. And so what I actually wish for you to get to at some point is this ready rapport between your conscious and other than conscious mind, where you treat each other as your own best friends. Now, one of the ways that takes place is that I ask my other than conscious mind if it agrees with my conscious intentions, because this is how, you know, self-sabotage comes up and we have different parts. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, our sub-personalities and individualized parts that make up the whole. But like the name of this podcast is the aligned self, you want to be completely aligned between your conscious motivations and your subconscious motivations. So your intentions are aligned. The behavior is aligned, and you don't end up with any of this self-sabotaging behavior. So, in language, we talk about the conscious mind and subconscious and other than conscious. These are distinctions. In reality, there is only one mind. See, I talk about the conscious mind as being distinct from the other than conscious mind, but in actuality, we just are all mind. Now, also in conversation, I can talk about my hand, and specifically my left hand. But even though I'm talking about my left hand as being distinct and different from my right hand, it is still connected to my body. And so, whether I'm talking about the conscious aspect or other than conscious aspect, or the right hand or the left hand, they are just aspects of the whole. And then this leads us to the idea that while you may go through the day having the experience that you are consciously aware, you're not consciously aware all the time. Your awareness comes in and out. 
Anytime that you go in your head and you think about something or process an idea or try and work something out, you are doing so at the other than conscious level. And your conscious mind is just kind of participating or being a witness to your other than conscious mind doing all the work. What might be an example of this, you might ask? Well, if you ever have thinking about something, some intention, some goal, something you have to do, and you feel overwhelmed, your other than conscious mind is thinking about the total job, the total aspect of it, and your conscious mind is becoming overwhelmed. It creates anxiety when you begin thinking about all the stuff you have to do. So this is where you get to interject or have this relationship with your other than conscious mind. And you ask consciously, can we break this down into smaller bite-sized pieces? Because how do you eat a pizza? One bite at a time. You don't eat the whole pizza pie all at once. That is overwhelming. So once you ask your other-than-conscious mind to start breaking it down into smaller bite-sized components, then you start getting manageable pieces and bites and action steps to take. And so this brings me to another important distinction here, is that our conscious mind's job is not there to figure things out. It's there to ask the right questions. It's there to point yourself in a direction and then surrender to the other than conscious mind. Surrender to your subconscious processing to come up with the answer to figure it out. This act alone Trying to consciously figure things out is what keeps most people awake, thinking things through or trying to figure things out. When ideally, you say, this is a time for me to renew my spirit. This is a time for me to fall asleep and rest my body. I'm turning this issue, I'm turning this problem, this challenge over to my other than conscious mind, which I know never sleeps. And I'm going to consciously rest my brain and my unconscious, my other than conscious, will be working on this and make a solution available to me in the morning or down the road. Once you've established a relationship, a sense of rapport with your other than conscious mind, then you can trust that your other than conscious mind will come through, will come through with the answer. And then you can even ask, you know, I want it after breakfast, or I want it to appear in my conscious mind on my way to work. The inventor Thomas Edison was famous for utilizing this principle. He didn't necessarily use hypnosis, but he turned it over to his other than conscious mind. He was big on trial and error, practical application of the mind and going step by step, figuring it out, but he didn't do it consciously. Whenever he would get stuck, whenever he would come in a, come to an impasse, he would lay down on the cot that he had in his laboratory and take a cat nap. Just a 15 or 20 minute nap that he expected to have the answer when he woke up. And he often did. In 1865, the chemist Friedrich Kekule was studying the benzene molecule he was trying to arrive at the theory of the chemical bonding. What did it look like? What was it imaged like? And he had a daydream or a reverie where he kind of drifted off into trance, staring out into space, and he saw in his mind's eye six snakes, each one biting the tail of the other in a circular fashion. 
and it occurred to him that that was the exact formation of the benzene molecule, six carbon molecules, and then branching off each of those carbon molecules is a hydrogen molecule. He had studied the benzene molecule for years and couldn't come up with the answer, and he just kind of spaced out for a moment, and it occurred to him, it came to him, a gift from the other-than-conscious mind. Now, that's another thing I want to talk about, is that what you're consciously aware of at any given moment is a gift from your other-than-conscious mind, meaning that your other-than-conscious mind made you aware of whatever you're conscious of in consciousness because you asked for it. Or, if not consciously, you've programmed it in your psyche. It's some of the criteria that you sort your environment for. So let me put it another way. See, your other-than-conscious mind is taking in all the information around you. There's so much more stimuli, information, bits and pieces of information. At any given moment, your conscious mind would be overwhelmed if you were to pay attention to everything. And so from moment to moment, you're only aware consciously of certain things, certain aspects of your experience, certain people. A lot of people, you know, are off your radar. A lot of stimuli, a lot of information that's coming into you is off to the side. You're not paying direct attention to it. But your other-than-conscious mind is. And so your other-than-conscious mind, based on prior programming or a current question that you have, when it encounters information that has a match to something that you might be looking for, something you might be interested in, you then become aware of it. This is also why you can be at a party hearing all the different voices and across the room, somebody says your name and suddenly they have your attention. Or if you don't quite look at them, your ears do perk up in order to hear what's being said about me. Another reference for this is the reticular activating system. And I've talked about this many times before, but I'll talk about it again because it bears repeating. If I was to walk out to my car and I was to notice that maybe one of my my front tire was a little worn and I kind of filed it away, I'm going to need new tires soon. That's kind of a command to my other than conscious mind. Before I know it, I start seeing tire sales. It is, I mean, the tire sales have always been there, but now my other than conscious mind is making me present to it. And it's also noticing the fact that there's a discount tire right around the corner for me. Until I needed tires, I didn't even really know that. I I guess I knew it, but I wasn't really conscious of it. And then, get this, I then become aware that just in close proximity to that discount tire is a Goodyear tire, a nationwide tire. All kinds of tire stores are available. Costco sells tires. I walk by it every every day, and I didn't notice that there's a tire section there. You see those tire stores, the tire sales, all that stuff was already there, but me not needing tires, it was off my radar. It wasn't a concern of mine. It was uh, extraneous information. So my other than conscious mind just kind of let it go, didn't bring my awareness to it. This is why just before you fall asleep, you can give your other than conscious mind a suggestion. One suggestion might be, I want to remember my dreams in the morning, reinforcing that I want my other than conscious mind to share the dream with me in consciousness that will make a difference for my life. And then you want to consciously honor that when you get up and you do remember, 
then write it down. Write down key aspects of the dream so you can recall it later more easily. Because a lot of people do remember their dream when they first wake up, but only seconds later, it's out of conscious awareness. They can't even call it up. They can't remember what they were dreaming, and they thought, for sure, I'll remember this. And this also applies to what I suggested earlier is when you have a trouble, when you have a a problem, you turn it over to your other than conscious mind and you release it consciously. This is also why you want to do this when you're manifesting. You focus on it and you get curious how you're going to draw in the money, how you're going to draw in the circumstances that align with your intention, align with your desire. You don't want to consciously try and figure it out. You leave it up to the universe. You leave it up to your subconscious mind and your other than conscious mind, which is universal consciousness, to work out the details. And then I'll tell you in the second part of this episode, I wanted to leave you with a cliffhanger, but this episode was 40 minutes long, so I wanted to cut it in half, make it more digestible. And no worries, in the next episode, in episode 217 probably, I'll I'll retract or rewind a little bit so you won't just pick up right where we left off. It'll be a little bit before that, prime the pump, so to speak. So this is episode 216, and then 217 will be the second half of this conversation, and I'll see you over there. Until then, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 